0: Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. I'm your host, Jason Tardik, and welcome to the pre-market trading segment where I tell you a little bit more about our guests, what you can expect, and things that you need to know going into this week. I'm recording this right now, not even with a mic, just out of a headset, on my iPhone because I don't have my equipment with me and I had to do the intro and I am here actually visiting my brother in Fire Island. It is an island that is right outside New York City. It takes trains, planes, buses, and automobiles and even ferries to get here. It's quite the trip, but it is just absolutely stunning. Him and his husband have a place right on the ocean. The sand is there. They have an in-ground pool and we are just having really, really quality family time. So a lot of R&R recharging the batteries, but let's talk a little bit about this week in this episode. So back in the day, I was on the bachelorette. Becca Kufrin season, and my boy, one of the closest friends that I have from that show and the entire franchise, Blake Horseman, is one of our guests, and what I joke around with him and call his better half, Giannina Gibelli. But they are just two great humans and have such a healthy and exciting relationship. And this is actually going to be a two-part series. The first part is a lot about Giannina's career before she went on Love is Blind, and then when she went on Love is Blind, how it escalated. We talked about each stop, each salary, and you'll hear the differences from what she was paid at an hourly rate to what she's making now and everything in between. Now, Giannina Gibelli, season one of Love is Blind, that's a big risk. You take a shot at a show, and you have no no idea what's going to happen. Of course, Love is Blind turned in one of the largest reality TV shows out there, but definitely took a shot in the dark and then also went on the All-Star Shore. And there almost was another show in between. You'll hear more about that. Blake Horseman, of course, from The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, right? America's Sweetheart in Bachelorette. Had a really tough edit, tough go in Bachelor in Paradise. It's been a roller coaster. And then came up on top, Paramount Plus's All-Star Shore, where he met Giannina and now they've been happily together for a year and a half there were some things that we couldn't discuss because of contracts in this episode so I wanted to make sure that in the intro I brought some awareness to you so did some research and according to a lawsuit that was filed by season 2 contestant Jeremy Hartwell in July 2022 the Netflix show pays love is blind stars $1,000 per week so if that is accurate, which if a lawsuit was filed and this information was out there, clearly that seems very factual. Jeanina was on the show for six weeks, so that would mean that her pay was $6,000. There was a little bit of all-star short chat behind the scenes, but what I've gathered and I've had permission to share is that they were paid around the six-figure mark to go on that show. And then there was a bonus for an additional episode. Let's give a little kudos, a little pat on the back for Giannina, because I do know there was a little bit of a pay gap, and Giannina got paid a little bit more than Blake, so she put in some hustle in the negotiation for Paramount Plus All-Star Shore. But right around that six-figure mark is, is around where they were paid. But I wanted to give you some context of those two shows based on the research I've done. We talk all about those shows. We talk about one of the wildest career paths I've ever seen anyone have on this show. And it starts with a mall kiosk. Now, the recap of this episode's a little shorter because we do have a part two next week. But in the recap, remember, every time you give us five stars and you tell us your biggest takeaway from the episode or a guest you'd like us to have, you're entered to win something from the Influencer Closet. The Influencer Closet is when brands, PR, agencies send stuff and we throw it in the closet and there's some things valued there. In $2, there's some things that are valued over $2,000. We pick one review at random and we send it to you. So stay tuned to the recap. We have one winner to announce to the money. Mafia. This week was just insanity, right? Everything from the Barbie movie doing over $520 million in ticket sales in its first week, smashing a Warner Brothers record, to if you heard anything about the UFO discussions, hearings, and meetings, apparently those exist and we have evidence of those existing. I mean, what the hell? All the way to the massive 180 in the projection for the economic strength within this country. In March 2023, it was predicted by the Fed's economists in late 2023 of this year we would enter into a recession. In June, they maintained that forecast. But this past week, economists at the Fed and externally outside of the Fed have been shocked with the recent data implying that the Fed is no longer forecasting a recession for later this year. And what we have seen is the market just tear and rip. In the best way possible in the last couple of months. So, almost all the economic data we have right now, almost all of it showcases material, material economic strength, other than probably one of the biggest gaps right now is the cost of real estate. The ability for Americans to afford home with everything happening and everything changing is that interest rates went up again last week. So now we are at a benchmark that has been the highest benchmark since 2001. Interest rates benchmark are at 5.5%. Now this will have a lot of impact on a lot of pieces, on buying homes, on inflation. Raising interest rates has an impact on so much of the economy, but I always like to think about what is one big takeaway I can give to the Money Mafia The biggest takeaway I can give you is that all interest rates are going up. And what are the most expensive interest rates? Your credit card interest rates. When you have personal loans, when you have credit card debt, and these interest rates are at all-time highs, 20-plus years, all-time highs. It is so, so, so critical that you are paying these balances off in full because if you are not, those balances are rolling and they will become a mountain faster than they've ever become in your life because those interest rates are higher than ever. Put a plan together to take care of that high interest rate debt because that high interest rate debt just hit 20-year all-time highs. Enough of that economic talk, let's get into two beauties, two reality star legends, and a couple that absolutely dominates. Part one with Blake Horseman and Giannina Jabelli, a.k.a. G-Baby. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, I am joined by social media personalities and one of reality TV's hottest and favorite couples you like how i threw hottest look how dressed they are blake horseman and giannina jabelli many of you know blake from the bachelorette man we had a good time and bachelor in paradise from when we interviewed him too on trading secrets earlier this year and it was may 2022 where we talked about your life after reality tv and your newly successful career is a DJ. His better half, Giannina, a.k.a. G-Baby <laughs> Chartreuse, I'll get into that name here soon, also dipped her toes in reality TV space during her time on Netflix first. Number one, love is blind season where she instantly became a fan favorite after each of them failed to find love on their first and second for Blake (laughs) on TV they gave it one more shot on Paramount's plus all-star show where they inevitably found each other and have shown that love is worth the wait we are going to learn about how their personal and professional lives have changed for the better maybe worse since becoming a couple in the public eye we'll talk about it we are also going to see what tips tricks they have for Moving in together with your significant other. So we're gonna talk reality TV. We are gonna talk professional career path, and we're gonna talk about working as a couple professionally. Blake and G Baby, thank you guys for being here.
1: Yeah. I'm what an intro. Yeah. Wow. You guys yeah. need oh, it.
0: Let's Ooh. go. Yeah. Gee, how first time on trading secrets? Uh-huh. Last night you and I were playing pool. Uh-huh. I said, This is what we do, this is how we do it. We talk numbers, we uh-huh. talk career, and you go, nope. How do you feel? <laughs> are, you, are you feeling like you're up for it? Are you feeling like I'm going to have to dodge some bullets here? Like, What's your natural mm, instincts right now?
2: My, my actual instincts are I'm afraid of numbers in general. Interesting. So this is definitely taking me out of my comfort zone. It's something that I need to be comfortable with.
0: <laughs> Most people are afraid of numbers and they don't mm-hmm. talk about it. And that's pretty much the purpose of this podcast, mm-hmm. to get comfortable with the uncomfortable a little bit. And I'll never forget, it was actually right at this table. For the 100th episode, Caitlin comes on. Uh She's sitting right there, Caitlin Bristow who doesn't prepare for literally anything. It's just her instincts yeah. that led her to where she is. She had notes written on her hand. Oh, <laughs> <You never laughs> and I, it, I was that. like, what? It was, <laughs> it was so adorable. Yeah. But she, let's start with you because, Blake, should've you've been that. on the show. You that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <"Fuck> <laughs> no answer is a wrong answer. But let's talk about this. So you're in Atlanta. You're mm-hmm. dealing with a breakup. Mm-hmm. You get the DM to go on Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. Was there any hesitancy from you to go on the show, or was there anything keeping you in Atlanta career-wise or anything like that to say, I shouldn't pursue this as the next possible career step?
2: No. So I never even thought that it would be like a career step. I am very open, and I always think that one door leads to another, and I didn't even think I was even going to get on the show. So it was more of like a research opportunity for me. I was like, oh, like I love this space. And I'm just really curious how it all works like behind the scenes. So I thought I was just gonna like learn how it's done, like the process. Cause I was actually opening up my own business with my friend the next day. No way. Where I like, literally we had a little office where we opened up that day. So my career path has been wild. So I started with social media. studied advertising and public relations. I op- I started the influencer program at Universal Studios. And then No way. Mm-hmm. What year was that? So that was 2015.
0: Oh my god.
2: Yeah. And so it's this is all very full circle influence for influencer
0: pro- program in 2015, mm-hmm. you were like on the cutting edge of what was yeah, coming. Yeah,
2: it was Snapchat. It was like when Snapchat influencers were a thing yeah. and then Twitter influencers were a thing. Instagram just was like a fun platform. Yeah. People weren't really blowing up too much or making careers out of it just yet. I mean, there were, but it wasn't. I was mainly more focused on Snapchat for some reason. I think sure. that was like an easy avenue because it was a park and it was fun and it was a game. Anyway, so I started that and then I quickly realized that there's just no money to be made in like advertising
0: what were you making around in that time
2: so universal actually doesn't pay it was like 19 dollars an hour
0: oh interesting it
2: was a very hard industry okay um and so that's why at the time i had a boyfriend that lived in atlanta so that's why i moved there so after having this crazy resume starting the influencer program universal studios opening the park like so many pioneering moments i went to this agency and i thought i was gonna get like at least 50k yeah and he goes, "Oh, like we're super excited to offer you. Here's your offer. It's 37 five. Mm. And I just bawled. I was like, Are "Wait, wait, you wait! wait. Did me? you
0: did you ball like, like like sad in front of him?
2: No, or did no. you? Okay, no. I got an email. <laughs> oh, and I was yeah, you like, right no. right what? She puts the contract.' Yeah. Yeah. Said, no. <laughs> I was like, that sucks.'" <laughs> and then what I ended up finding out actually was that a guy had applied for the same job as me, and we were both hired and he got offered 40k
0: that's bullshit and i got
2: offered 37.5 and i had to negotiate my 40k
0: well let's talk about this how did you
2: find that out we were just chatting we were you know just co-workers chatting and i was really proud because i negotiated my first contract i was like you know like i negotiated it this is it and he goes yeah i mean i just got offered 40 and that sucked and i was like (laughs)
0: <laughs> and right that now? is why we have trading secrets mm-hmm. money mafia back home you talk about money and you learn the information mm-hmm. so then you can navigate mm-hmm. okay so you're at the 40k mm-hmm. mark you're in <laughs> atl uh-huh. you start what now are you creating your own agency this business mm-hmm. you start
2: no so this was fast forward after working in agency jobs um seeing that there's so much money out there that i'm not even touching my friend at the time my best friend she had a business of, you know, those people in the mall mm-hmm. that They're are hustling. like, hey, man, can I, can <laughs> yeah. I stop you? Can the I show you we something? we all run from. Right. Right. fucking at you. hate. That was me. Oh. That was me. Mm-hmm. So she had, yeah.
0: <laughs> after, after the After agency
2: the agency job, yeah. I saw that she was raking it in. Okay. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? She's very business mindset. And she's like, yeah. So now she started as. Someone that would stop people, show them a hair straightener. And then this hair straightener could go from, depending on the conversation that we had, yeah. it could go from $90 to $750. That's a
0: trading secret right there. Yeah. Those little mall kiosk places changes mm-hmm. the price based mm-hmm. on who you are. Oh, 1000 Oh, That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. Is, mm-hmm. Okay, I,
2: I would look at your shoes. I would look at your purse. I would look at everything. And then you could just make yeah. the price and if, crazy. Yeah. If you had oh. your mom or your sister with you, then, oh, it's actually $350. Oh. But if you buy one, I'll give you two for free because I had that margin to play with. Sure. And then I knew that she would buy it for 350 because it was
0: Hustler. Yeah, hustler. hustler. Hustle. So
2: I hustled for a good year and a half in that business.
0: How does payment, do you get a percentage of the margin or do you get a base salary? How does that work? So
2: if you don't sell, you don't eat at all. And you have to be there for 12 hours a day, 9am to 9pm so that you could, you know, that's a grind. it's it was a grind.
0: You sell a straightener. Oh yeah, and you could price it from 900 to 200. You mm-hmm. sell it for 200. How much are you making on that?
2: So if you got to seven hundred dollars sales, then your percentage would increase. Okay. and then it would go from like 15 to like thirty percent. I just had to get to that 700. okay and then like I would be making a thousand dollars a day. Just oh. selling hair straighteners. You had to start from the bottom learn how to sell the straightener. And if you were good enough, if you proved yourself, then you become a manager. Then you have your own kiosk. Then you can franchise. Then you make a shit ton of money. So basically, just as a sales rep, I made 10K in one month. And then as a manager, I made like 25K. You
0: guys want month. to start like the mall business <laughs> with <laughs> a bunch of reality TV people hustle. so yeah. people come in to Dude, be like. A mm-hmm. yeah.
2: yeah, but that That's was crazy. that was the grind. That was the hustle. So I stopped. I went back in. Okay. I stopped it because it was too much. And I felt like I was getting hustled, sure. you know, when you're being told you're a boss, you're a boss, but sure. really you're just like a pawn. Yeah. So it's a pyramid scheme. It's a, it's it's a, a pyramid. It is a pyramid
0: because yeah. then yeah. you get the franchise yeah. Yeah. and then then you can go recruit mm-hmm. someone to then have a, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's very pyramid, very yeah. MLM vibe. So
2: I was definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, wait, I want to go back into the advertising world. Like, okay. I feel like this is like my, my calling. Um, And so I did, and then I broke my hand. I wasn't able to even like take a vacation for breaking my hand with this job. They were discriminated against me. I was making like 6K in bonuses, but still even that, I was just miserable. And then the show came up. Wow. Like In that moment, like a month after I quit the advertising job, was it the mall job? I got the call for Love is Blind.
0: That is wild. And
2: then the next day we opened up our own kiosk, like our own business, our own office, And so circling back.
0: Selling straighteners?
2: Selling straighteners.
0: Okay.
2: And so circling back, I was having the interview for Netflix in the other room. And then I was like, oh, that'll that'll never happen. But, you know, that was fun. Go into the office that I just opened up with my friend, popped a bottle of champagne and like. That was actually for my new life.
0: So you were popping for the new life. Yeah. All right, let me ask you this. First season of <laughs>
2: Long-winded answer. <laughs> yeah. No, but that was
0: a cool, I didn't know anything about those no, businesses. Yeah, they're little
2: money pots. Yeah, they're little That's money
0: pots. Money, yeah. money. Let me ask you this. Love is blind. I saw on Deep D and Natalie's uh YouTube interview you did with them, or podcast, yeah. I had preparation for this. You said that your feelings were so heightened you had to see a Reiki yeah, to do oh. To, what was the purpose of that
2: so this is where i feel like i i really need to be studied love is blind needs to be like looked into a little bit more so again being in in this pod i had to rely on all my senses and i stopped drinking after the third day and so i was very aware yeah and i'm very much like Caitlin, where i like feel like energy and yeah. trust the universe instincts, and things like yeah. that my yeah. instincts so after I got engaged without seeing the person and then seeing them. I was taken from the pods to a hotel. Everything that was around me, I was interpreting as a sign Hmm. and I could hear voices. I could hear myself think. If I told Blake that I was going to say something, I knew what he was going to respond and it would happen. Like things were just unraveling really quickly. And because I was taken out of the safe space, I was like, I need to be like, I don't know. I, yeah. I can't be around anybody right now. I told my PA this, and she goes, "I actually think that I have something that could help you." And I was like, "Whatever it is, like I need to, I need to stop. What's going on? Yeah, it's too much. It was great when I was like in the pods, but here in the real world, it's, it's too, too much. much. I don't know how to explain it, but this is what happened. I'd never heard at this point of what shockers are or anything like that. So this Reiki master comes in. She like lays me down on this little bed, and she goes, I'm going to touch every part of your spine, of your back, and you're going to tell me what colors you see. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to help me, but okay. And she touched the middle of my back. I said, orange. My throat, green. My top of my head, Purple. So I unknowingly called out every single chakra color perfectly. Wow. And so she goes, "Yeah, you're fully open." She's like, "I'm going to, you know, close this up and make sure that like you're back in yourself." Huh. And I don't know what happened to me that day or in those 9 days in those pods, but I was Something. like I was in tune with the universe how Um, weird is that that
0: is i mean that's pretty interesting do you think for people back home that hear that i want to connect this to professional world do you think being either open and or closed can help you take your career professional financials to the next level and which one do you think would benefit you more that open version of you or that closed version of you
2: my whole business plan is to follow my gut like, okay. Follow my instinct. That's
0: so there is. It's no plan. It's in, it's intuition. Mm-hmm. It's Your plan intuition. is intuition. Mm-hmm. And it's
2: never strayed me wrong. It's never led me down the wrong path. Huh. And so I think being open to opportunities is my secret. Okay, but being wise enough to know which path to take that and in that sense like being closed yeah but being open is the best way to go
0: channeling that internal compass and letting it go yeah so how many weeks in total is love is blind six weeks six weeks so you get six grand a whopping six grand (laughs)
2: six grand
0: we're going to talk about you and blake but at this point when you get off the show i know you go back into your relationship Mm -hmm. but i'm just curious i've never thought about it till now do you know who Blake Horseman is the second year? like, if, if I said to you, i come and say, do you know who Blake Horseman is the day you get off the show, even though you're in a relationship? Do you know who this person is? No. Do, do you not. ever watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor mm, in Paradise?
2: Never. So, fun story. I have yeah, So sure. my best friend. She loves The Bachelor. Okay. And I'm at her house randomly. And the one thing, we never do this. We never watch TV together. She was like, oh, I want to watch... This new season of Whatever The Bachelorette. And it was you.
1: Wait,
3: she uh, remembered what? you. She knew I you. <laughs> yeah. you I was yeah. I'm sitting here. Sitting yeah. sitting here. <laughs> yeah, dude.
1: So funny. The
2: one episode that I watch okay. is with you and Becca. And obviously Blake must have been in there, but I didn't remember him. Yeah,
0: Blake was a star of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't
2: remember him so much, but then fast forward, All-Star shore he walks on the beach and I'm like. The first thing I say to you, I'm like, "Why do you look so familiar?" Uh, and he's like, "I'm from The Bachelorette." Like, uh, big, okay. like, smile. But I was like, "Oh, I don't remember you. I remember Jason." Though. Yeah. <laughs> <what laughs> <you laughs> no, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you never told me that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're my bachelor boy. You guys told me that. That is it was so, so funny. funny. Yeah. All, right, I was all like, right. Of course you do. Gotcha. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Only episode well, ever. Was, we <laughs> both heard it back and forth from yeah, opposite perspectives. We'll take that. All right. So you kind of know who he is. Blake is coming down the road. Financially, are you stuck at all? Are you like, okay, six weeks, I paid rent. Are you are you what's your next move? Tell me about that.
2: No, I was really excited, but I was so burnt out from the whole experience. Yeah. And again, this I was managing 12 people. I had to be at this job 12 hours a day. Um, busy season's coming. So I filmed October to November, Black Friday's coming, the holidays are coming. Like I had to live at this mall. And I'm telling my business partner, best friend of 20 years, "Hey, like I, I, don't know what's going on with me. Like I'm, I feel like I can't. I need help right now." So you
0: went, you film and you go right back to the mall grind.
2: So you're f- you're filming while you're in your life too, because there's only nine days that you're taken out of pocket, and then you're putting put back into your life so that you can see how your real life works together.
0: Did they film you at the mall at
1: all? Yeah, they did. They
2: did. Yeah, right. mm-hmm, but it's so didn't interesting, so
1: much different than our show. Yeah, yeah, because we're in a bubble the whole time, but they're not. No, you have yeah. to go back
2: to your life. You have to like integrate your family, and um, so basically, I told her this, and she told me that I'm a weak person, that I have no idea what it means to hustle, and so I quit. And so for the year and a half that it took from filming the show to launching, I did seven jobs, and I was selling roofs walking dogs, went back into an agency job, tried to start my own agency. And then by the end of the year, I got social media, the Weather Channel. And then I got 200K followers when the show launched and I quit my job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, social media at a Weather Channel, what does yeah. that pay?
2: Oh, 55K. 55K. 55K.
0: Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. let's step up from the $19 mm-hmm, an hour. Up. You now have a few hundred thousand followers behind your back. Mm-hmm. We all know now. You have 1.9 million. You got 300,000 plus on TikTok. Mm-hmm. You then meet this stud over here, Blake <laughs> Horseman, who's absolutely killing it. Both of you guys had interesting experiences with reality TV. I'm going to kick it to you here, Blake, first. I mean, you talked about it on the show. I'll never forget it the highs and lows, right? The high of being America's sweetheart, the low of not being able to get out of your bed. Mm -hmm. So depressed from what happened on Paradise. We won't get into all the details of that. But from a career perspective, you had to second guess possibly going on another reality show, especially one like Paramount. Plus, there's some question marks, you know, they stirred things up. Was there ever a chance you almost declined that opportunity?
1: Yeah, big time. I think... With Paradise, you know, I almost came out of it and then, you know, I was able to still continue to, I guess, make money. I almost felt like I had survived it. You know what I mean? Rather than like thrive from it, I felt like I had kind of survived Paradise. So it was more of like looking at another show, like, I don't know if I can survive it again. Like, I don't know if I can come out, you know, on top, you know, not even on top, just like treading water. Like, I just want to be my head above water. You know, I was like really scared. The timing of everything, which... You know, me and G talk about a lot, like the timing was just so perfect. You know, we get a call or emails all the time for shows. And yeah. a lot of the time, most of the time you're like, no, like it's, it's a Snapchat show or like, you know, sure, you, you know what i like, sure. one of those. And yeah. I was like, this one came through and I remember my manager hit me and she was like, would you be interested in this? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, I like the idea that it's a challenge show. And I was like, okay, like a challenge show, fun. And then I didn't think about it. And then like a t- week or two later, she's like, hey, this is serious. It's a big network and there's a big budget. And I was like, hmm. I was like, okay. When would they film? And it was filming in December and that's a slow time for music, for Mm -hmm. festivals, for DJing. So I was like, December, that's like the one month I probably could film. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw a number at them. And you know, if they do, if if they want to you know pay me this much for 18 days of filming I was like I'll do it but I, I guess, with the, I guess with the, oh you're going to tell me Yeah, yeah I, I thought, thought that I was going to have did. to guess I don't <laughs> I don't know.
0: Know. bring it on Blake you don't know this I
2: don't know I see
1: don't know I love how much when we have conversations really? where, no do you know oh. how much I got paid I think yeah no, so she look got, at this yeah. the first <laughs> time <laughs> breaking news I know, no, I, know, no, no. I know how much you got paid I think you told me how much you got paid I didn't get as much as her and it's a challenge show I would never do a dating show obviously but even before yeah it wasn't a
0: dating show and you have how many followers before you negotiate to go The show? One, two million something? Two million. Okay, so you got two million. So you got a little bit more leverage Mm. and, you know, just coming off Love is Blind, which turns into the hottest Mm. show ever. How did you negotiate? What was your dollar amount?
2: So I didn't have a dollar amount i was in the middle of columbia without any reception and my agent called me
0: your life is wild yeah <laughs> who's your who's your agent at this point caa okay and so caa signed you right after love is blind
2: right after And how like, many
0: people from love because caa is a huge agency mm-hmm, how many mm-hmm. people do they sign from love is blind
2: three it was me lauren speed and cameron hamilton okay so but we didn't have the same obviously the same rep caa just kind of picked us up and yeah, I was in the middle of Columbia, no reception. My agent goes, show, and it's 100. And I was like, mm, yep, let's do it. And I didn't even know like what, what it was or what time it was, nothing. And then I ended up getting a bonus on top of that.
0: See, now what I've, because we own an agency, we'll mm-hmm. do a lot of deals through WME, CEA, mm-hmm. UTA, and those beast of agencies mm-hmm. like when you bring a deal to them they the rates they throw out oh it's it's insanity so yeah. they, were, they probably throw out like yeah 250 yeah, all day $250. and that's what's yeah. that's what's interesting and then what was the bonus negotiator was it because you went so far was it an no, afterthought
2: it was because they did an extra episode So we got paid an extra. Did you
1: get an extra? No, that was, no, I did not. (laughs) But I do remember I got a check later and they were like, this is for the extra episode. I think they ended up doing 10 episodes or 11 episodes. 11. 11. And it was supposed to be 10. But I do remember I got, I did get a check at the end. It wasn't anything crazy.
0: Okay, knowing what you know now, two things. One from an agent perspective and two from a negotiation perspective, what would you have done differently and would you have done anything differently? Let's start with you, G.
2: Honestly, I also sure so left feel that I'm so grateful for it.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, knowing now that there's a season two and season ones always get the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Right. And that sucks because it's season one that puts it on the map. A
0: hundred percent.
2: So knowing that I really wish I would have just, I'm so chill and I'm such a great person to work with because of like the people, my producers tell me this, my PAs tell me this. I'm so relaxed, but I wish I just had kind of like a writer of like, Hey, if I get sick, fucking take care of me yeah. or you know or for my from, therapy yeah if i need therapy that. or my outfits you know the m- amount of money that i spend getting ready for these shows it's insane
0: and your style games yeah. 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 <laughs> your style.
2: so but that takes money so it's just like okay i am getting paid this amount but that's because you want me the, extras, so the, styling the extra the yeah. i'm
1: all that how about what would you have done differently for me for also sure kind of the same i think i It was so unexpected and it was like so quick. It happened really fast. I think I got the first like email and stuff in like November. So it happened really fast. So as far as a negotiation, like obviously, you know, if I'd thrown out a little bit more, maybe they would have paid me. But I also knew that there were going to be people with more followings. Sure. I knew it was international. So I knew there were going to be some big names internationally. Yeah. So at the time I was ecstatic
3: with 70k like I was so so happy and you're
1: thinking like the value of me going on this
0: show is going to be greater for my brand than 70k just fucking pick me you pay 70k or whatever now I've talked about this in my book I think I've talked about it with you and I know we're not going to get too much into bachelor stuff but when it was me you and Colton to go for the bachelor Mm -hmm. I went through this deep process of reverse negotiating like thinking I'm going to go tell them pay me $0 because they Mm -hmm. offered us Mm -hmm. each. I've talked about openly. I'm saying this, no one else, 100K each. And I was thinking, I'm going to tell them, just pay me nothing and I'll do it because the value of doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they know that the value of who they pick, how they pick, especially Colton with his storyline is much, much, much more significant than Mm -hmm. 100K. So that's interesting. I want to ask both of you this. You come from Netflix, Love is Blind. Mm -hmm. It's put on a massive pedestal. It's a Mm -hmm. premium brand. Mm -hmm. ABC, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise premium brand. I've had MTV people on almost every show come on here. They talk about the fact, love is blind, ABC, you're getting bigger deals, you're getting bigger rates because of the network you're associated with, because of what comes in the credibility with your brand from the show you're on. Was there any contemplation from going into a new brand? And at the time could have been MTV. MTV is a great network, but sometimes quote unquote like rates those individuals get that go on that show, it decreases a little bit. Did any of that ever cross your mind or did you think through it or talk through it?
2: I mean, at the end of the day, I was nobody when Netflix found me. Sure. Then MTV Paramount Plus found me after I have the two million. So maybe that's why my rate went up. Well, let me compare it. So after the two million, I have- Followers, you're talking about. Yeah, two million followers. I have an opportunity to do MTV Paramount Plus, All Star Shore, and Perfect Match Netflix. So the reason why you didn't see me on Perfect Match was because I met Blake. And mm-hmm. I called him up and said no. But So if
0: you didn't meet Blake, you would have been on that show.
2: Yeah, but it's also, we're back in the Netflix fam. Yeah. So again, Blake, let's get back to that. Let's get, let's get back to Let's get to, to that level, yeah. And yeah, I mean... You're worth more than and that. another million and followers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're hitting three million Blake's like, Blake,
0: yeah, like, <laughs> you want to do the whole, like, what was, Hannah, what was Hannah Brown's? Oh, the Jed thing. Like, yeah, where yeah, Jed's yeah, like, it's got it's a so girl so, hey, yeah. You go, honey. You go we'll honey. figure it
1: out afterwards. But that is a great point because I think, you know, when you're asking, like, I don't think you were too worried about, like, working with Paramount Plus or MTV. No. You wanted the paycheck and then she was just going to go right back to Netflix. <laughs> to the point where, while we were filming, like I could feel, like I could sense something was like kind of wrong yeah. with her at times. Yeah, and it turns out she was like having breakdowns with the therapist. Yeah. I was like, about, I need to go
2: talk to my therapist.
1: She would go talk to oh, therapist all during time the show because yeah. she knew that this Perfect Match show was coming. Oh, but yeah, we were falling shit. for each other. Yeah, yeah. And did you already sign the deal for Perfect Match? Mm-hmm. So you signed the deal
0: signed. to go on a dating show, and now you're on a competitive show, and now you're starting to date someone.
2: Mm-hmm. My oh agent my was like, "Don't fall in love."
0: Oh my gosh, (laughs) that is great. All right, let me ask you this. Fast forward, you guys are where you are. You're a power couple. You got all the things moving in your direction. Right now, reality show approaches you. Where are you holding the rate? How are you negotiating? Or Blake, are you in the same boat where you're like, yeah, let's go. Let's
1: just rip it. We know the benefits of it. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. Come on, Blake. So I think the biggest factor would be what network, right? What's if whether it's streaming, whether it's network television, if it's Netflix, if it's Paramount Plus, if it's a network at that point, do you want to work with? That's a great question. Would, you, I think, go, would you work with the ABC again? No, I wouldn't. Okay. I personally would not. Okay. Unless I mean if they came to us and they were like you know, a show or whatever, and it would take a lot though. I just yeah.
2: I'd like to work with like a Hulu.
1: Hulu? Hulu's owned mm-hmm. by them. Disney owns them. Yeah,
2: Disney.
1: would oh. Yeah, ABC. I work would be with them again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gene, sit me down. and Be like, listen, <laughs> listen. Put all of that. know, yeah, bury Try all.
2: Over, bury you all. You gotta all overcome hatchet. these obstacles. Get over baby. yourself. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: bury the hatchet. All right. Well, so
0: give me the answer though. What? What? I get, How am I? I? want you for two months, and I'm a network. I know the network you
1: want to work with. I don't know if that's me. What is it gonna cost me? As a as a couple, I oh. a million dollars. So one of the biggest things I think too in the contract is I would want like producer credit. Right. I would want like a producer credit on it. I would want like editing rights I would like to see you know those Good kinds luck. of things <laughs> yeah, and as that, that goes the price would well. come down but if it's more of like no we own you if, if I'm signing a contract like The Bachelor where they yeah. can do whatever they want with us sure I would ask for a decent amount of money for the two S- of us six figure. Could, yeah, like for say, you separate I would say 500K. me personally I would say as together I would say 500k but I would say me personally 200 I'd take like two okay how about you G
2: I like
1: five hundred. Five hundred
0: sounds
2: good. Seven fifty sounds even better. But <laughs> that, that uh,
0: Fox Mars show, they came to me last minute, like literally four days before they offered. Really? It was one hundred twenty-five, but they literally said, "With that show, they go, but that you can negotiate if you wanted yeah. to." Mm-hmm. So I, I find that whole thing. How interesting. long was that filming for? Is- that was for like three weeks, I think. Okay. I Actually, you. I just read that Ashley Iconetti was yeah, like I a, late was a late
1: starter to that show, like, and that's another thing. If we're filming really for. Great. Three, four months, you know, than the 500. But if you're filming for th- three weeks, you're making, you
2: know. I don't know, man. I was at a show for six weeks and they completely turned me upside down. I don't oh, care about the, the timing. timing. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. The, it you, could be seven days. It could be three months. Like you it, are putting me through hell and that's going to cost you. It
0: could be 48 hours and it yeah. could turn you. It could be in, in, in some of those moments in paradise. Yeah. I mean, that was quicker than The Bachelorette, right? Oh, so it was a time. Within
1: plan. three days, by the time I yeah. got down to that beach, my life was
0: turned upside down. You get off the shows, things are, momentum's behind you. You guys are crushing it. Are you still working with them?
2: Yes, up until recently. Okay. Their roster is just really big and you you feel like you're lost in the shuffle. But I was very lucky in the beginning because my show came out and then three weeks later, COVID hit. And so if I hadn't taken that random call, gone to that random office, met my manager, had felt like it was a good instinct, good decision, signed right there and then, I feel like I wouldn't have been where i'm at today in terms of like my branding my negotiation my social media yeah everything happened for a reason then but it i felt like i needed to move on after a while
0: so ca did a great job getting you tv shows they didn't do a great job of getting you social media digital stuff no they did they did a good job of that Mm -hmm. too okay gotcha but in
2: the beginning but i I'm now looking back, hindsight 2020, that they could have done better.
0: Okay, knowing what you know now, yeah. would you have gone exclusive with CAA?
2: I was exclusive with CAA.
0: I know, but knowing what you know now, would oh. you go? Or how would you have done anything differently, contract negotiation wise?
2: No, they got me in front of the right brands. Okay, and honestly, I'm still working on a project now that's yeah. more long term that they got me. Okay, and that's what I'm really excited about. So I, I don't know. I don't believe in like. Coulda, shoulda, woulda.
3: Yeah. Do
2: so,
0: so, do you operate your business today in like a non exclusive manner? Like, bring Now the deal, I'm non exclusive. Okay.
2: Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Bring it on. I'll take it. I've taken back the wheel. And I mean, just having experience now being three years in, it's like, okay, I'm willing to do X, <laughs> Y, and Z.
0: Gotcha. You went from 19 bucks an hour, 30, <laughs> 37, 5 when the guy got 40, 55K mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. Like what? Where are we at now?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's sweating. She's starting to sweat. <laughs> Give me a roundabout. It over under. Um, or what are our goals? Again, are we had seven figures. The goal, seven figures. Are we had half okay, million. Okay, so in goal?
2: January I made 130k. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I
0: won't pry after that. And that's a that hell was, of a month. That
2: was one good month, and then another month I made 150k in two months i made 300 Damn, is
0: majority of that off social media or majority ma- of it okay mm-hmm. gotcha that is awesome mm-hmm. good stuff mm-hmm. i love that for you Thank what you. a what a yeah. unbelievable story from s- fucking slinging at the kiosk yeah. yeah slinging 19 bucks an hour at universal <laughs> to 130k a month uh blake i have a couple questions in the dj world we'll do it pretty quick but there are a couple misconceptions out there people were saying they saw you at, i put a thing out there and i asked about stagecoach mm-hmm. and i asked about a couple festivals and people were like there's always funny what people think right the misconceptions They're like so how much did blake pay to play at stagecoach and i was like this can't be real no <laughs> but, it, but it's no but that's yeah i mean the no, misconce- that's interesting I, how many times have we been told in the last five years you don't have a job you know what i'm saying the misconceptions are yeah, endless yeah. that's why i love this show break those misconceptions if you ever paid to play somewhere no, never exactly. And when you hear that, what's your response? Yeah, I mean, like, that's.
1: Ins- I mean, yeah, it's my job. Like, it's I'm not literally yeah, it's my your, job. So, and
0: yeah. people still. We talked about this yeah, last night. Mm-hmm. They're going to hear these numbers being I mean, blown up. I think the impact of this whole creator economy, mm-hmm. uh, and it's to me, it's just it's it's wild that those misconceptions are still out there. Mm-hmm. How's the DJ career going?
1: Where are we at? Yeah, because last time we talked was I think really about the DJ, especially was that, was that May in twenty yes. yeah, twenty? Yeah, it was 22. May twenty twenty two. So it's been over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Been, yeah, been a little over a year from now, man. It's it's on the way up, man. It's it's great. Like it, the coolest thing since I was off the show, and I, I remember talking to grocery store Joe about this. Actually, we were down in Tulum, and we were talking. Every year, I have made more money, which I think is incredibly difficult to do in this so cool. in this industry.
0: Ding ding ding! We are closing in the bell to part one. You heard it, everyone part 1 of the Blake and G episode because wait till part 2. We're going to recap part 1 here, but part 2, we have Blake and G talking about how they manage their money as a couple. Their bills, their income, their perspective on money, how much they've saved, how much debt they're in, how they invest, how they've built trust in the industry, how they're supporting each other's careers and yes, only fans. Comes up. So that's part two. So make sure you follow along. Before I kick it to the Curious Canadian, I got to tell you guys, we talk numbers in this podcast, and I've been looking at this numbers in the podcast, and we are growing by the second. Thank you to your reviews. Five stars always helps us. But the biggest thing I got to lean into here 70% of you guys follow and you hit subscribe. If the other 30% of you could go to Spotify and Apple, just go to the main page, just click the one button follow and subscribe it's the best favor you can do both david and i and we appreciate it but enough of that blake and g part one curious canadian how
3: we feeling what's your part one was electric it was the g show that's the way that i would say it she caught on here she's spicy she's fiery so i'm gonna bring up some of those numbers and let you get in the weeds a little bit and get your reaction just to some of these things that they were that she was sharing with us which was incredible david you've said it best you need a notepad Sometimes
0: you need popcorn, sometimes you might need an Excel file popcorn and a notepad.
3: And I think that's what we got here. So I like the idea. I think the biggest jaw drop that I was was her whole deep dive on mall kiosks. And those little annoying people at the mall who want you to try the perfume or try the cell phone case or try the hair straighteners, I was completely shocked at the world of mall kiosks. Jay, what what was your feeling on that? Did you have any idea that there was, you know, it could be such a, lucrative business i guess you could call it that
0: david this first part was just fucking incredible like there was so much juice spilled but the fact that i'm talking to blake and g these two big reality stars and my biggest jaw-dropping moment was the little baby shit mall kiosk people that are always coming up to you trying to sell your perfume and lotion i can't believe it i honestly You know, we hear so much about businesses and opportunities and that's why I love this show because it opens up things we never heard about those people are the definition of hustlers. Like they're creating their own prices. When she's like, it. I'll see a family, buy one, get three free. And that G, who like said, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not great with numbers. I don't have this like big business or finance degree. But she's instantly talking about how the fact she was gonna sell three straighteners, she had enough margin to go around the numbers, she could work all the percentages. I was like, wow, blown away. What doesn't G have going on? Because that. Was crazy. What do you think of the whole kiosk talk? What's the biggest thing to you that was just eye opening? I mean, me. I
3: love the the quote: "If you don't sell, you don't eat." You know, she started by saying, "Yeah, I, I used to make a thousand dollars a day." That that started the jaw drop. Then she said she was making ten k a month as a salesperson. That started it, and then she said twenty five k a month being a manager. We're talking, Jay. We're talking about. A quarter million dollars as a career profession in managing a kiosk at the mall? Are you kidding me? I was at the mall last week trying to prepare and uh, get stuff for Italy. There's no one in the mall. I, I just can't will- believe this is a thing. We're talking a quarter million dollars with a little kiosk in the hallways of the mall. I was trying to do some research on this and prep for the uh, recap. So I went to
0: entrepreneur.com and they had an article back from literally 2003, Twenty. 20- years ago 20 years ago cuz that's when I think this was probably booming so they say that starting these will take an investment of anywhere from 2 to 10k and they're saying that in 3 in 2003 carts and kiosks were a 10 billion dollar industry this is mind blowing to me it's absolutely just bananas it's a whole different world david i have an okay. idea i have a really like good ideas.
3: idea
0: i think in the next week or so or maybe the next time you and i are together we do some video content. We go to kiosks. We take video of oh, the whole thing and we just play it. And we're like, listen, we know you generate the prices. We know you get the margin. Me versus David, who can Ooh, get the best deal? I at a kiosk? like that. The have you ever bought deal.
3: anything at a kiosk?
0: The only time I may have bought something at a kiosk is like when I was in like an absolute pinch to get a phone charger mm-hmm. or phone case or something. I think, yeah. something.
3: How I about think you? phone case to me
0: too. David, this was just like super entertaining, informational. Business and money talk around this industry. What are you taking away from this? Going into part two, and in mm-hmm. part two, because you've already listened, what are you most?
3: Excited? The thing that I'm taking away from this in general is just like there's so many opportunities out here. You have someone who started an influencer program with Universal Studios at an hourly wage. You had someone who experienced a little bit of trade pay discrepancy with her coworker getting two and a half k more for the same job. You had. Her going into hustling at a mall. You had her selling that, that after that, she got off the show. She was selling roofs. She was walking dogs. She was social media manager for the Weather Channel 55K. She was doing agency work all before she got her big break, which is going on the show, getting 200K followers, and now going into what she has now. My, my takeaway is if if you don't like what you're doing, fix it. If you don't like what you're doing, change it. There's so many opportunities in here and so many applicable skills and so many different jobs. No one is fixed into what they are doing. It's all about the opportunities that they create. You know, you can see between G and Blake. What I'm most excited for is see how they handle this in their relationship. Obviously, he's in the industry now as a DJ with you know girls around and nightclubs and late nights, and she's off doing you know with with her influencing gigs and and around different types of people all the time. I just I think what they prove best is is at the end of the day, be a good person and and just try things that you think you might like. And eventually one's going to stick and it's going to lead to the next opportunity the next opportunity. So that's my biggest takeaway from this. And I'm really excited to see a little more Blake's side uh, dealing with his fiery girlfriend in the next part. Be a good person, respect,
0: love, adore, grow as a unit. Those are the foundations of their relationship. And you're going to hear all about their relationships, the money, the business, and the life behind Blake and G next week. Right now, I have to give something away to the money mafia from the influencer closet at random. Blake spun the wheel. What happens is if you give us five stars and you tell us a guest you want or your biggest takeaway from that episode, we have Blake in the background. She writes down every single name. You go on a little spinner thing. She hits the spinner thing, and then we pick the winner. This week, the winner is Gator Meg 11. Gator Meg 11. This is the review have you given up on this? That was the quote from Chris Voss episode. If you ever feel like you're ghosted or lost in life or you're you're failing on a sales process, just ask, have you given up on this? Since listening to the Chris Voss episode, I can't stop thinking about this one sentence over and over again and how applicable it is in all facets of life. I discovered this podcast over four months ago and have listened to so many great episodes and keep up with the recents. It's truly a show I can't wait to listen to week after week. Keep the golden nuggets coming. Definitely one of the best podcasts out there. That is Gator Meg GatorMeg11. Just email us, tradingsecrets at jasontarek.com. We will be giving you a gift from the Influencer Closet. We just need your address, and that's a reminder to you guys. Follow, subscribe, give us a review. If you've given us a review before, rifle again. Next week, we will be giving something again away from the Influencer Closet. Go to the Facebook group. Make sure to follow us. Go follow David Arduin. Shout out to our producer, Declan. What a legend. And our other producer, Evan Saar. David, anything you got before we wrap?
3: Love the energy. Can't wait for part two. It's another
0: episode of Trading Secrets. One you can't afford to miss. And we will see you next week on part two with Blake and G-Baby.